You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. If we can, welcome to the program. Gang's all here, ready to go on this Monday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Once again, Paulie's in front of me here in the man cave. A scaled-down staff in the man cave. You've got Seton, uh, Fritzy, and McLevin at their homes. And uh, wherever you are, however you can join us, come on in. Stay a while. Best and worst of the weekend, as we always do. Chance for you to be part of the program. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. You can uh, listen on our great radio affiliates around the country, numbering 362. And you can watch on youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, is going to join us. Paulie said yesterday to Fritzy, hey, because I saw that there was another report. Peter King had another report that the Dolphins are still in love with Joe Burrow and maybe they're going to offer four first round draft picks. And I said I sent it around to everybody. And then Paulie goes, um, hey, why don't you see if you can get somebody? Fritzy goes, why do you want a uh, writer from Cincinnati or Miami? And he goes, see if the owner or head coach will join us four minutes later. Now, I know Paulie's just kidding because Mike Brown's not going to come on the show. And then I, I said, well, you know what? All right, let's see. Four minutes later, Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, will join us coming up. And I went, wow, that's interesting. I'm shocked that he's coming on the show. I'm happy that he's coming on the show. But Zach Taylor, Bengals head coach, is there a scenario that he sees where they don't draft Joe Burrow? Have they made up their mind that they're taking? He doesn't even have to tell me who they're taking. Have you made up your mind on who you're taking? So Zach Taylor, Bengals head coach, who was a pretty good quarterback at Nebraska, will join us coming up. Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs tight end, will join us coming up a little bit later on. And Adam Sandler will stop by the program in the final hour of the show. All right. Uh, best and worst of the weekend. Your phone calls. We're down to the final fork with Meet Madness. You have until Wednesday, and then we will crown a champ on Friday, and that winner will get a Traeger Grill. With no Masters on this year, CBS aired the 2004 and 2019 tournaments over the weekend, but it was with a twist because Jim Nance, who joined us on the program last week, was talking about Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods were going to be analyst looking back on winning the green jacket and for a golf fan it was a great twist phil and tiger's knowledge of the game is unbelievable their recollection is unbelievable you know we talk about pitchers or hitters and they can tell you the pitch that they threw or the pitch they hit golfers same way i could say to jack nicholas jack on uh, on 14 second shot into 14 in 1986 on that sunday and he'll tell me what club he hit But watching Tiger, listening to Tiger and Phil do it, it was great. Because, you know, Tiger is letting you behind the curtain slowly. But I think because he's got his children, he sees the impact it has on them. It seems like he's in a good place in his life, and he's sharing a little bit more. But nothing beats the real drama of the back nine, the second nine at Augusta. And CBS did a wonderful job with that. You know, usually we come back from the weekend – and we're complaining about things, we're not in that position anymore. Now, I can complain about the game of horse on ESPN. We came up with the idea. It wasn't our idea that they would have crappy internet, and it, it, the way it played out was not good. But we'll get to that in a, in a moment. But, uh, you know, we're trying to find events. We're trying to be interested in things. We're looking back. At one point yesterday, you had the Masters. 
You had the Super Bowl with the Patriots and Giants, where the Patriots were trying to go undefeated. Of course, the David Tyree catch. And then you also had Game 7, LeBron and the Cavs at Golden State. All at once. It was great. Network TV. The Masters in Augusta are famous for azaleas and a right of spring, but not this year. And spring is all about hope, and hopefully we'll get back to the real thing real soon. Here's Tiger Woods uh, with Jim Nance on the special win as a father. The return to glory. A year later, here we are at Augusta National. They're witnessing the father win a golf tournament um, in person because they've never really witnessed me win a golf tournament in person. And on, on top of that, it happens to be the Masters, a major, hadn't won a major in, in God knows when. And so, not in their lifetime, so now for them to see it, feel it, experience it, understand it. Now, if I would have won early on or earlier on in, in their lives, they probably would never have understood it and probably never ever remember it. But now, because they're of age, um, they'll remember it for the rest of their lives, and I'm so thankful that I was able to pull it off so that this isn't this is imprinted in the rest of their lives. You know what? Your dad was a pretty good player at one point. <laughs> I just, I love that, that, you know, maybe he has this uh, exterior that he had to put up. It was always there. You know, Tiger's a difficult interview because he doesn't let you in. But I think having children has softened him greatly because then you start to see it in their eyes. You know, his demeanor is, I'm in battle mode. I'm out there to win, to set records, to destroy. You know, I'm going to take apart golf courses here. And then you saw him, that moment where it just breaks you down. And he was hugging his son, and then he's hugging his daughter. And then that's where you see, that's how you act. That's how you react. That's real. The rest of it, Tiger would never let us behind the curtain. But that's what's it. You talk to athletes, and I, I certainly have over the last, you know, 30-plus years of doing this. Their children miss a lot of their great moments, and, you know, some of these athletes, you know, Tom Brady, to have his children be able to see him in a Super Bowl is extremely important. Drew Brees, when he had his son with him with the headphones on after they won the Super Bowl and, you know, he's holding him up like those moments, you know, Nick Foles with his daughter in his arms. And granted, she was, you know, she was really young, maybe one one year old. But to have those moments to share with your children Golfers get the advantage of they can play. They can play into their 50s. They can play into their 60s. But these moments, Tiger's window where he was the most dominating athlete in all the sports, his children were not born then. And now you get to see that where that's dad out there. Everybody's cheering for him. And he just won another green jacket. That's that's really what hit me when I watched this. And Phil Mickelson was great too with... You know, his recollection of 2004, it was just, it was well done by CBS and Jim Nance. And to have them look back on what they were thinking in that moment, that's what's great. And Joe LaCava, Tiger's caddy, was a star as well. You know, he was interviewed and, you know, he helped Freddie Couples win the Masters back in, I think, 1992 or 1994. That's, that's where you get that insight that's really special 
Um, because these guys are buttoned up. Certainly Tiger is. And in the middle of a round, what are you thinking? What do you hear? Hitting a club. Tony Finau hit a nine. Wait, he hit a nine? What am I going to hit? Uh, should I hit a seven or eight? You got to jump on that eight. You know, so here's Tiger like, wait, he hit a nine. I'm Tiger. No, you're not hitting a nine. You hit, you, you jump on that eight. And then he hit a brilliant shot at 16. Those were just fun. It really was. It was fun to see. To watch, you know, the Cavaliers, you know, beat Golden State. That was LeBron's block on Andre Gudala, which, you know, when you talk about great players, and if you said the five best plays of their career, how many of these great NBA players have a defensive play? Jordan does. He's not given credit for the steal on Carl Malone. But that was that set up the shot. And then LeBron's block on Igudala is one of the great plays in NBA history, certainly in postseason history, and what it led to. But watching LeBron and seeing that, you sometimes forget these are two-way players. I always like when somebody says, you know, this guy, all I can do is score. And I wonder, did anybody say, you know, all Picasso can do is paint? Because really, that's, that's what it comes down to. Like, we forget sometimes, eh, he's not an all-around player, you know. That's all he can do is score. Yeah, but these guys, it's different. You know, LeBron, Mike, you know, they, they did incredible things. Even Kareem was, you know, underrated as a defender. You know, we don't think of him as a defender. But watching that, you just realize that's a great play. It's an unbelievable play by LeBron. But it was a fun weekend. And then you're watching the Patriots and the Giants. So here we are, 2008 Super Bowl. And there's, there's two moments where if the Patriots, you know, react quicker, like a split second quicker, or, you know, they, they hold on to the football, they, they, they go undefeated. And then when Eli, like Eli could have thrown two interceptions in the final two minutes. And then he sees Ellis Hobbs on Plexico Burris, and then he wants that ball snapped. He's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And all of a sudden, Plexico at 6'5", and Ellis Hobbs at, what, 5'9", it was like, it's over. It is over. And, and Rodney Harrison told this story to me that he, he was going to blitz. Like, he, he said to Teddy Bruschi, they were going to change their defensive strategy. And he was like, you know, should we blitz? And then they didn't. And then Eli throws, you know, the touchdown. But those moments, what happened, uh, that's all you needed to see, really, was the final two minutes there, five minutes, really. And uh, that, that was really, really special. And then that, I, I was handing out the trophy to Eli. That's when Eli didn't want the car keys to a, a black-on-black Corvette and he had a, like a Toyota deal. <laughs> Here's your key. And he wasn't even on the podium. He left the podium. I talked to Peyton Manning over the weekend. I was on a Zoom call with him. Well, well you buried the lead. Well, no, that's that's. A, I was on. Somehow I got roped into this. I, I'm sitting in my bar watching Eight Mile. The and, usual. Yeah. So I, I got a cigar, some tequila. It's 730 at night. Darius Rucker says, uh, hey, what are you doing? And I said, I'm sitting watching 8 Mile, having a cigar, having some tequila. He goes, uh, get on this. And he sends me a link to the Zoom. 
And I, so I, I, I think it's him and maybe some of the other guys from Hootie and the Blowfish. So I'm like, hey. And then Peyton Manning goes, uh, you know, Dan Patrick's, uh, you know, one of, one of the great sportscasters. I'm going, wait a, minute, wait a minute. And then Brad Paisley jumps in and I go, wait, what, what did I just walk into here? I guess Peyton had set this up with Tennessee volunteer football players. And then it was, who can you get on the phone? And Brad Paisley was on, and then Darius got a hold of me, and and I and I went, oh my God, wait, I'm supposed to be the big, I'm Darius's good friend, and Darius goes, I couldn't get Tiger on the phone, <laughs> so I called you, and I said that's good. So then he text Tiger, texted him back later in the evening, and he laughed that I was. I was the first, I was the second choice to him. And he laughed that, you know, Darius had reached out to me, but I, I told Peyton that story. I said, Eli didn't want that Corvette. And that, in that moment, he goes, Oh, he still got that Corvette. He still has. I said, yeah, he should. That was a beautiful car. All righty. That's enough of my weekend there. Fun weekend. I don't know if you got on a zoom call and no, I got one on one with uh, Darius and company. And then my family, Zoom is good. Here's the problem with Zoom. When one person talks, it would be like if the Danettes all started talking at the same time. So and then, then how's your holiday? I was going to ask you when. And then, and, then, and, then, and then I, and then you're going, and then you stop, and then so I just said to everybody, just point. You know, how about somebody points, and then we can go. You're trying to get people, and then. You know, somebody's internet connection going, it's a mess. It was great, but it was a mess there. But Zoom, and by the way, I don't know what Trey Young was using for his phone because that connection, or lack thereof, yeah. I mean, I rather, rather would have had a, you know artist rendition of what he was doing, have somebody like drawing it because it would have been clearer than what he had with uh, the game of horse. But, all right, we'll come up with a poll question, stat of the day, play of the day, all that coming up. Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, Travis Kelsey, and then uh, Adam Sandler will join us coming up a little bit later on as well. Uh, what do you have for me, McLovin? Well, I just want to say I was on a Zoom call with Dan Marino and oh, Kate Bear. okay. No, I'm just saying, like, you buried, like, the lead immediately. That's the first thing you have to tell us on Monday morning at 9.02. That is an awesome story that you're down. I by. didn't want to be on a Zoom call with all those guys. I didn't know who they were, except for Brad Paisley, Peyton, and Darius. And then there were a bunch of Tennessee volunteers. And I, they were interrupting I was on- me. It was right at the very end of 8 Mile. I was on with Ann Esther and Billy and Framingham <laughs> <laughs> All right. Poll question. All topic right. idea. All right. Off Tiger uh, doing the uh, analysis on Sunday. Did Tiger win so many masters because of his physical talent or because of his intellect? Or is there another factor? Well, that is, of course, that the more you play it, the better you play it. That That is that is local knowledge. Uh, but the, no, I, I think Tiger... It doesn't matter what course he would play back then. Even now, he says he's peaking right now, which is kind of scary. But um, I, I think local knowledge is important. That's why a lot of golfers would hire local caddies because of their knowledge of those greens and the winds there. But, you know, I don't want to diminish anything Tiger said by using, you know, he was great no matter what. Other other players who have won it, then you know maybe it is the intellect, but Tiger is the combo platter. 
Okay. Uh, I have a football question for our upcoming guests. Okay. Which would surprise you the most? Which team winning the Super Bowl in the next 10 years? If I gave you the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions, and I'm going to throw in the New York Jets oh, and any other team you'd like. All the above. All the above. Is there one team on there that you're hopeful about? Well, I'd like for the Bengals to win one. They've been to two, and they lost to Joe Montana, the Niners, in both of those. Detroit would be a great story. Cleveland's won football championships. They just won them, you know, pre-Super Bowl. Uh, the Jets. Probably Detroit, because I don't. I, I never look at Detroit as scary, threatening. The Jets at least have been decent in our lifetime. Yeah, they went to two AFC title games. Uh, yeah, the Browns would be a great story. All right, what else do you have? Well, what if I just gave you the Browns and the Bengals? Who's closer? Who's closer? The Browns are. Oh, okay. Oh, the Browns are a sure. playoff team this year. No, the, the, the Browns. <laughs> oh, the Browns are a playoff team. Uh, the, the Browns. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. This conversation sounds familiar. Reminds me of last August. No, no, you didn't hear me say that. I told you they weren't a playoff team. <laughs> yes. I was in the minority. I said, I don't know why. They had people having them going to the AFC title game. I said, they're not going to the playoffs. Playoffs. What else? What you, said more, you said more likely they don't make the playoffs and go deep into playoffs. We did a poll on that. Yeah, they're not making the playoffs. But now you think they are. So what's what's changed? Just a year older for Baker Mayfield? Well, they're going to get they're going to get smarter, I think. And having a new head coach uh, you know, one year in this system with everybody. You know, you try to throw Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham in there and just say, hey, make it work. You know, you need offensive linemen. That's the key. They have skill. They need offensive linemen. But I think the Browns are going to make the playoffs. Yes, Todd. Who goes for the Browns or Tom Brady's Bucks this year? Well, Brady's making the playoffs, too. How do we stand with the uh, Tampa Bay T-shirt situation? Any lawsuits? Cease and desist. I I, uh, had Dylan check the mail. We did not get a cease and desist from uh, Tom Brady's lawyers yet. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Darren Ravel said we had a good three to six months, right? So let's let it roll. All right. So we have until maybe the start of the season. Or into the season. Yeah, Paul. All goes well. It's going to be tough to be served papers if we're all at home, sitting at home. There's no way those guys can serve you. You know, they throw them to you, and once they make contact with your hand, you've been served. They can't get to us. Yeah, but they can drop it off at the man cave. You just don't accept it. Mm. Yeah, but Dylan's not smart. He's going to go to the door and go, what do you got there? Got to cease and desist. All right. All right, I'll take it. Phone calls are welcome. Best and worst of the weekend. We'll give you hours coming up in a little bit. We'll return with the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, Do they know who they're taking? And is there a scenario where they see maybe they won't take Joe Burrow? We'll try to get answers after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Fritzy every day does his scoreboard competition. Today's numbers are 1 and 11. If you figure that out. Thank you, Todd. 
<laughs> one and 11. And if you figure that out, we have some uh, DP show gear to send out. It's more of you won the contest, not what you win when you win the contest. But uh, Todd, do you want to give any hints here? Oh, a hint. Uh, okay. It has well, to wait, do you're not the- good with hints because then you end up giving up too much. Let, let's hold off on your hint. <laughs> Because I give, I get a, a strong feeling that you might give too much of a hint. Really? Yeah, too much of a hint. Well, we can try it. Okay, go ahead. Okay, one in eleven has to do with animals. One in eleven animals. Okay, uh, that's all you get. All right. Okay, that's good. Go to the website, and if you've uh, figured it out, first one to figure it out wins uh, some DP show gear. Uh, we going to settle on a poll question, McLovin? Uh, at some point, yes. I got another NFL one if you want it, or we could save Wait, it. We'll, we'll save that. Okay. Let, let's bring in uh, the Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor, joins us on the program. Coach, good morning. Where are you right now? I'm upstairs in my house. Is that where you're going to be draft night? It is, yeah. I got a, I got a decent setup here where I can deadbolt the door and, and keep my four kids at bay. Have you – oh, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> how, have you guys done a uh, rehearsal draft yet? Yeah, we, we not not quite a full rehearsal yet, but um, we, we feel comfortable with where we're headed. You know, we kind of get new memos every day from the league on what it's going to look like. And I think as this week goes, uh, we'll have a great feel for what it's all going to look like and iron out all the kinks. What's your biggest concern? You know, for us, I, I really don't have one, Dan, to be honest with you. We, we get to pick the first pick of three of the first four rounds um, where, where it's a new new day, so to speak, you know, to where we get 18 hours to figure it all out and decide who we're going to pick. So I don't think we'll quite face the challenges that everybody else is going to face just for that reason of all the years for this to happen. It's kind of set up well for us. Um, obviously, in the later rounds, we'll be on the clock and you got to sort it all out, but uh, we got a very flexible crew who can adapt to, to really any of these challenges that come forth. And uh, we've been we've been using a lot of different forms of communication here over the last three weeks and haven't had any problems so far. Has the Bengals organization decided on who you're taking number one overall? I think we're really comfortable with the direction we're headed. I'm not quite ready to make any major announcements yet, but uh, I, I think we've, we've done our homework here the last three or four months and kind of vetted all these guys out and feel really comfortable with the direction we're headed. Is there a scenario where you would change who you're taking? It doesn't look that way. You know, I think we've, if there's a guy there that you believe in that can really change the franchise over the next 10, 15 years, then that's a hard thing to pass up on. And, you know, people all the time ask me, what would it take to give up that pick? And if there's, if there's somebody there that people are willing to give up a lot for that they believe in, you know, then that just, that really verifies what we think about those players as well. So excited to see how it all shakes out next week. Uh, how much of a separation do you think there is in abilities between Joe Burrow and the rest of the quarterback quarterback candidates? Well, I, I think they've all – you study them all. They've all done things to put themselves in that conversation for number one. Um, so sometimes the beauty can be in the eye of the beholder a little bit. Some people may think of one guy differently than another. Um, you know, they, they've all won a lot of football games and put themselves in contention to play for championships. And, and the, the biggest thing about all those guys is they made those around them better. And I think that's a, that's a key attribute for any quarterback is does he raise the level of play of everybody around him? And you see those guys, they got the most out of – some of them had great talent around them, and they got the most out of them. And um, so, so credit to all those guys for putting themselves in this conversation. How does being a former quarterback help in this process? makes it 
fun, you know, because you can see you can see some of the situations these guys have been in that maybe you've been in before. And um, I, I've always enjoyed watching quarterbacks more so than a lot of the different positions, just because of the fact that I, I played that position. So it's fun talking to them, um, asking how their brain works a little bit, you know, talking to other players about them. And it's just it's been a really fun process over the last three or four months learning about what makes all these guys tick. What's the number one characteristic, number one trait that ha- you uh, have to have in your quarterback? That he's a winner. You know, you, you want guys that are used to winning, know how to win, know what it takes, um, and most importantly, knows what the standard looks like. And oftentimes guys come in and they have a lot of talent. There's no question about that, but they might not know what it looks like and, and what it takes to to be great. And so you want that guy that's going to come in and raise the standard of everybody around them and say that losing is unacceptable. Um, we're not going to endure another year like we had last year and make sure that everyone gets the most out of their abilities. And that's, that's the number one trait you got to have. What's Andy Dalton's future with the team? Well, still under contract. And so, um, you know, I always like to say that all options are on the table because they truly are. Uh, but but Andy's meant a lot to me personally, um, meant a lot to this franchise over the time he's been here, and he's just gone about his business the right way. And so, um, again, we, we're, we're just trying to make the best decision for the club right now, and we've got some more time to make that decision. It's a nice insurance plan if you have him there. It just feels like that, that's the new game plan, Zach, where you have a quarterback, but you have to have a legitimate backup quarterback as well. I, I think it's worked both ways. You know, I, I've seen some teams have a lot of success with, with veterans back there and, and some that uh, maybe have younger guys. And so, you know, I, it's it's all about what the organizational approach is. And we feel like we got great quarterback coaches in the building as well. A lot of guys who spent some time around some really good ones. Um, but, but again, it's if Andy's still around, then, then that's a great setup to have for us. Talking to Zach Taylor, the uh, Bengals head coach, former Nebraska quarterback. Can you believe Nebraska didn't recruit Joe Burrow? <laughs> I'm going to stay out of that one. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's a great football. Wait, he told and, me that uh, he didn't. He didn't get recruited. He he was heartbroken. I I won't dispute it, but I'm not. I'm not going to wade into those waters. Nebraska's <laughs> near and dear to my heart. So, uh, so you know, he, I think it's fortunate for everybody. He ended up at LSU. They're very happy. He's very happy. Wait, um, how did you end but, up in Lincoln? You grew up in Norman, Oklahoma, didn't you? I did. My dad played. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I was sooner born and sooner bred. And uh, my dad played there and was a captain there. Um, I wasn't very good coming out of high school, Dan. I went I went to Wake Forest for two years, then I went to a junior college, and then um, Bill Callahan came in and recruited me. He was kind of going from an option offense to a West Coast offense, and I happened to be the guy there in the junior college ranks that he thought could help him, and just very fortunate how it worked out. I'm watching the YouTube clips. You look pretty good. Don't do that. Don't you don't need to do that. No, I nobody I'm, needs to see that stuff. <laughs> you, their standard definition. You're the Big Twelve Player of the Year, I think. Offensive Player of the Year. Do, do your players have they seen this stuff? They don't need to. <laughs> I, I, we try to make sure that that stuff's hidden. And I've gone through some, you know, some YouTube conversations trying to get that removed from the internet, but so far I haven't had any luck with that. How many guys on the roster could you beat in a forty-yard dash? Zero. That's a that's a fact. Zero. I think most of our linemen. I mean, they, don't look up the combine times, but I, I did not break five flat on forty. So uh, there, there's not many guys. I'm going to be, especially now, fifteen years later. There's very little chance I'm going to be able to do that. How nervous are you going into this draft? Excited. No nerves. You know, no. we we've we got a great scouting department. You know, Duke Tobin. Those guys have done a great job um, getting the coaches aligned with with where we need to head, and. 
you put in all the work for three months. It's like getting ready for the season. You know, it's you're you're prepared for it. You can't wait to see how it all shakes out. Um, but again, we we continue to have great conversations. You know, even this week, still we've got some more to be had to sort it all out. But it's going to be exciting, and not only for us, but I think for a lot of people that get a chance to look forward to watching something on TV and um, some sort of competitive event, I guess you could say. But I'm excited for it. Have you been told by the NFL to not reveal who you guys are taking? No. No, oh, okay. I think that's just a decision we've made, you know, to, um, again, just use all the time we got, and there's no reason to do otherwise. But, but again, we, we feel very comfortable with the direction we're headed right now. No, I, you know, to get Joe Burrow, is it makes, it makes all the sense in the world. You've you got to get that quarterback. You've got to get that rookie deal. So you've got four or five years to play with with the salary cap. You know, I, I, I get that. And, you know, Cincinnati's developed very good quarterbacks, you know, through the years. So I, I get it. I know people keep saying, well, he's an Ohio guy. He's not a Cincinnati guy. You know, Athens is a long ways away from Cincinnati there. But, you know, when I met him, he was very impressive, Zach. He, that, that, that's a guy who is confident and uh, overly confident, I thought. Very, but I think in a good way. It feels like guys follow him. He's got a great edge to him. You know, I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, you know, you can talk about confidence and all that stuff with the quarterbacks, but um, – He's one of those guys that put in the work, and so he's got the confidence in his abilities because there's not a lot of unknown out there for him. When guys put in the work and they're ready for the moments, um, the moment's not too big for him. And, you know, he, we've got to know him. We've got to know a lot of the guys that are in this conversation over the last couple of weeks as we've we've really maxed out that time talking to him. And um, so, it's again, we, we feel comfortable with all those guys there at the top. Do you have his jersey already made up? <laughs> I don't have any jerseys made up on anybody right okay. now. Okay, I'm just, I'm just curious. Any changes to the uniforms this year? Um, I, you know, I, I think there's always little adaptations, but um, you know, some, sometimes those things come across my desk after the draft. You know, it's not not something I spend too much time worried about right now. Well, you're an advisor. Is that what you are? I can be an advisor for you. I know fashion. I, I can be a lot of things. I can be a lot of things. Fashion is not something <laughs> that I usually like to stick my nose into. Um, you know, some people feel certainly a lot, a lot, very strongly about certain things when it comes to jerseys and helmets, and that's not something I've always really involved myself in. Well, it's like Brady, we're going to be seeing him in a Tampa Bay jersey. Like, that's going to be re- – there's certain things where you go – you know, I'd never thought like I'd see Larry Bird in a different uniform or Magic Johnson and like, you know, just certain things. And then all of a sudden Brady's going to trot out in that Tampa uniform. Ain't, weren't you a Buccaneer for a couple of weeks? For a couple of weeks. That's that's the right way to put it. You know, I, I had my rookie minicamp debut. Probably I must not have gone very well because a couple <laughs> weeks later I got that phone call and was told to unpack my bag. I was literally, literally packing my bags to go to training camp. I was zipping up that last zip. I'd just taken engagement pictures with my wife. Uh, it was a great day. I was, I was zipping the last bag. They were about to drive me to the airport, and I got the phone call saying, hey, we're going to release you. So I had to trot back down the stairs and, and let everybody know what happened. So that, that was a tough one. But, you know, I, I think I, I think I got the most out of my abilities. I wasn't an NFL football player. and um, can be very happy with the career I had. But but your wife wasn't marrying you because you were going to be a star football player in the NFL. Like, that, it didn't. I don't think we'll ever know. You know, we've gotten <laughs> far enough down the road where maybe she just, it was too late to turn back. We were already engaged. And now but, four kids. How old are these kids? 
my boys are nine and seven and my girls are three and one. Oh. And, and I'm very grateful right now that they're not in school because my nine year old, he, he's all caught up in the stuff. And so he comes up here and we'll watch tape as I'm watching some college guys. And um, I, I know that I cannot trust him at this point. If he'd gone to school and was talking about guys were taken, there's, there's no trust factor there with a the nine year old. So fortunately we got him quarantined in the house and he doesn't quite have the ability to communicate with his friends. So I feel very, very safe with that information not getting out. That's who I should have had on the nine-year-old. He'd tell me no, what's going on. No question. You, you'd get it all. Get it all. So, uh, uh, well, have fun, Zach. And uh, it, it could be uh, one of those moments where we look back 10 years from now and say, you know, the Bengals turned things around by, by this draft. So good luck with it. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on, Dan. Thanks a lot. And Zach Taylor, Bengals head coach. All right, so there's no scenario in which they're going to change who they're taking. Well, here's the thing, because if you know who you're taking, then let's say they wanted Justin Herbert. Well, that that is going to then be predicated on what are the Dolphins giving them? That's all. You know, you're, you can take Justin Herbert number one overall, but you'd be crazy to just go, I'm going to take him without getting all those draft picks from the Miami Dolphins. So they, they're going to take Joe Burrow. It makes the most sense to take Joe Burrow. Uh, I think the Dolphins would be crazy to give up four number one picks. But if you really want somebody, uh, then, you know, you got to go all in here. But, you know, the Bengals, if this is their quarterback, if Joe Burrow is that much better and less of a risk than the other quarterbacks, then take him. That's it. Just take him. The four number one picks, if I'm the Bengals, I would do that. If I think Justin Herbert or Tua Tonga-Vailoa is anywhere near Joe Burrow, then I would take that. Because I think if you have four first-round picks, whether it's three this year and one next year, you're able to... Look at the franchises who have done this. The Steelers did it. The Niners did it. The Cowboys did it. Where they had drafts where it changed the entire organization. But you have to have a good draft group. Like, you have to have smart people making smart picks. Like, the, the amazing part with the Patriots, they don't draft well. When's the last time they drafted an all-pro player? When's the last time? Because they don't do that. Imagine if they drafted well. We'll take a break. Your phone calls, best and worst of the weekend, and play of the day. Great play of the day coming up right after this Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. A minute to play. Bryant for the lead. Yes! Kobe Bryant gives the Lakers the lead. (laughs) I tell you something. This is, you know, he was legendary before this game. This is, this takes it to an absolute another level. And Mike Chirico came on, and he and Hubie Brown were talking about how long was Kobe going to play? Like, what could you reasonably expect out of Kobe? And I think they were sort of downplaying what Kobe was going to do that night. You know, was it going to be just one of those, hey, I'm going to go out and it's, you know, kind of ceremonial final game? But knowing Kobe, 
he'd never mailed in anything. Like everything was a competition to him. And he, he wanted to dominate. He wanted to be great in any game. And that last game, and he came out firing. And I was like, my guy's going for a big number tonight. And I thought, you know, maybe 50. And then all of a sudden, you know, he takes the jumper and they ends up with 60. And, uh, I mean, that's Kobe. It's Kobe for you. That second half, that's where you get going. And then you just, you don't want to come out. You're done with it. You know, hey, whatever happens, happens. It's my last game. Yes, Paul. I was watching the Kobe 60-point game on vacation with my wife in the hotel bar at the resort we're staying at. And the hotel bars sometimes don't don't stay open later. And there's about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And the hotel bar guy goes, all right, we're shutting down. And he starts to turn off the TV. People were about to crush us. You're not shutting anything down. Leave the TV on. Just put some beer on the table. We're, we're not leaving. Pretty amazing. He scored 60 of the 101 points in his final game at uh, Staples. All right, we'll get some phone calls in here. I just saw this sad news. Uh, the ex Seattle Seahawk quarterback Tavares Jackson died last night in a car accident in Alabama. He was the quarterback's coach at Tennessee State. Tavares Jackson was 36. He played for uh, the Vikings, Bills, and Seahawks. Uh, Tavares Jackson, dead at the age of 36. Phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. We'll start with Jonathan in Florida. Hi, Jonathan. What do you have for me today? What's up, DP? Hey, bud. Uh, best and worst. Uh, best. Um, my son turns five today, so we got to celebrate on Saturday with some cake and some presents, and uh, introduce my wife to mango cart. She loves it. So <laughs> huge fan. Um, then on Saturday night, we uh, I didn't do Zoom, but there's this house party app you do with your friends and stuff. You can play games and stuff real time, and uh, that kind of leads into my worst, which uh, the next day I kind of got in the gin a little bit. And had to wake up and put together my son's power wheels. And uh, it was a little rough out in the 80-degree weather, but felt like 90. So, Yeah, sometimes when you – it's like on Christmas when – if you could pay extra to get something assembled for you, I always did. But my wife is one of those that says, hey, we can do it. We can try. And I go, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, hey, we can assemble the bike. No, 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 no. Pay $50. You know, pay, pay Santa's helpers to put it together for us. No, no, we don't need to do this. You don't get extra credit, extra points if you put things together. Reno in Indiana joins us. Hey, Reno. All right, 5'11", 160. I've actually got two bests. Uh, taking a nice kayak ride yesterday with my wife. And second best for hopefully an extra five seconds of soccer talk with Polly. The English Game on Netflix. Yeah, great show. Uh, FA Cup back in the 1880s. Uh, amazing show. Oh, good. Okay. Thank you, Reno. I've been watching Sunderland Till I Die. Second season. Really well done. It, you know, it, it, it's even if you're not a soccer fan, it, this is all about relationships and the drama. And when you see Sunderland fans, that's a college football atmosphere. That is a special fan base there. And they don't put up with any nonsense. Really, really well done. Really well done. Uh, let me see. McLevin, why do you have a coat on? 
So there's like something happening weather-wise here in Brooklyn. Uh, I don't know. It's quite hurricane winds, but things are flying right in front of my window everywhere. And it's raining and leaking everywhere. We have huge weather here. Have you guys gotten it yet? Well, no, it would, it would start with you and then move its way up the coast. Yeah. So every break I have to run out on deck and tie things down and I'm terrible at it. We have a deck outside and it's a disaster right now. You want to take your computer out and show us what it looks like? Well, actually, I could turn my computer around right now, okay. and you can you can see it, I believe. Okay, see how this works. Is this, have like, to lose- is this like Wizard of Oz type winds? Yes. Okay. There's right. McLovin turning it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Wow. All the deck stuff is blown over. And you have to go out there and tie stuff down so it doesn't blow away. Yeah, I, I do my best, uh, but I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not very good at this kind of thing. This is like a Pauly Seaton kind of expertise. That's why I live in the city, so I don't have to do stuff like mm. this. All right. Thoughts and prayers, McLovin. Thoughts and prayers. Uh, Adam Sandler will join us in the final hour of the program, and Travis Kelsey on loan from the Kansas City Chiefs. More phone calls. We will give you our best and worst of the weekend coming up. I don't know if we settled on a poll question, but... We'll try to do that coming up in a couple of minutes here. Dan and the Danettes on this Monday. Dan Patrick Show.